Welcome to Forever Blue Shirts Radio, powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. And welcome to the Forever Blue Shirts Radio Podcast this week. I am Russell Hartman, as always. Joining me this week is Kevin Kroopy. Kevin, how are you, my friend? We are powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. I'm so sorry. I forgot to say we were powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. JL, are we powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com? First of all, I'm fine. Secondly, <laughs> yes, we are powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. And if you didn't hear it at the first part of the episode, you will hear it right now. And you will probably hear it two more times. And then you'll hear it once more at the end of the video. I'd, I'd say at the, the end of the podcast. At least five and a half. Yeah. Are I'm you happy now, over. old man? Yeah. Yeah, the over-under is about five and a half. We're trying to get it up more because apparently we don't say it enough. But as always, we are powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. So, boys, some good, some not so good. Let's start with the good. Mika Zibanejad decided to completely... Wait, wait, wait. wait. Future oh. captain Mika Zibanejad. Yes. Future, Future Stanley captain. Cup winning captain Mika Zibanejad. Ooh. Future radio DJ and Stanley Cup winner captain Mika Zibanejad. So Future you're saying Mika Zibanejad... ambassador for the United States and Stanley Cup winning captain Mika Zibanejad. Mika Zibanejad, who owns the Washington Capitals now, captain <laughs> of the New York Rangers. Correct. If you were living under a rock, Mika Zibanejad scored five goals, including the overtime winner, and had a great third-period battle going goal for goal with Alexander Ovechkin last week. Uh, it was probably one of the coolest games in recent Rangers history. That was the bright spot of the week. Um, I mean, Zabanajad kind of dominated headlines for a while. He earned himself NHL first star of the week for his performance, seven goals this past week. But besides that, I mean, the loss to the St. Louis Blues, while it was a hard-fought defensive game, they still came up short, and then they fell short against the New Jersey Devils in a trap game this past Saturday, 5-2, to two, which was another uh, kind of blow to the playoff hopes a little bit, but hope still lives as the Rangers still aren't that far back in the game. JL, we'll start with you this week. What did you like this week? What didn't you like? And how happy are you that Igor Shesterkin has seemingly willed himself back from this car accident injury? Well, first, let's touch on Mika real quick. Uh, that that game was absolutely bonkers. <laughs> I, I made it home right on time. To, I mean, I was watching it at work, and then I came home to watch it at my house. And I think I woke someone up in the house because I leapt so loud and highly out of my chair <laughs> that I ran into the living room. How does one leap loudly? Oh, you have to understand, I'm tall and I have very heavy feet, so when I leap... No, I wait, no, you have orthopedic feet. No, well, actually... So uh, what about the Dr. Scholl's gels that you use? I think that would give a good cushion. No, those don't, those, don't, those don't pad the impact, because they're just giant feet regardless. But either way... Uh, My mistake. Yeah, th- yeah, there you go. Cor- mistake corrected, Kevin. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> would you rather hear? Would you rather hear it from me or hear it from Ant? Anyways, um... No, I, I just the, he was just on such a tear, and I know you guys can agree with me. Uh, he was just all over the ice, 
I that the first goal he scored, he was just right in front of the net. The second goal was a big bopper or slapper. Uh, the third one, I'm trying to recall which one it was. It, it, it was the feed from Zibanejad, not Zibanejad, the feed from Bucinavich behind the there net. And He's <laughs> that you. good. He fed it from himself. <laughs> himself. And get back to the front of the net in time. Well, I mean. I wouldn't be surprised. No. And then the fourth one was off of a beautiful shot by Kako, which landed right on Zibanejad's stick. And then the fifth one, which... Again, you have to appreciate Artemi Panarin again for just knowing where he's at. He's just, oh no, I'm just going to casually put a puck over the middle of the ice and find Mika and, you know, arguably one of the best in the game in a backhand. I know, Kevin, you were watching it with me. I, it, you, we weren't you, watching it together. We no, not together. about it at the same time. Yeah, we were. And we didn't were we say to somebody that, phone. you know, that he missed like one of the best third oh, periods by an individual yes. player? I wonder who ever. it could be. I know it's a gentleman with the initials of RH. But I, I can't confirm. I his know identity. he is a co-host for a podcast. Yeah, we just don't know which this is a one. Great game that sucks. I know. I saw the Russell, first do you know anybody like that? Yeah. Do you know anyone like that, two, Russell? And then I had to travel during the third, but it's okay. That's why we have highlights. You know. You know. You're right. You're right. Imagine we didn't have highlights. That's How what I'm saying. Imagine we didn't have highlights. Then yes, I would be, be very upset. But you know how what? great this would have felt for us to be like Russell. I can't believe you missed the game. Yeah. I but know. he's like, no, it's okay. I just, I the just miracle of the internet. Yeah, what, you can't, you can't, you not, can't. Not to take away from you, though, JL, but something you did say just reminded me of the fact that the person who's due the most on this Rangers team is Capo Caco. Oh, agreed. Like that, when he went to wind up, I thought it was like, this is going to be a rocket past Samsonov. <laughs> and I was like, this is going to be great. <laughs> it, it still worked out great, but, you know. I know, of course. Unfortunately, it wasn't Caco's. But we keep saying it's like, oh, Caco's next. He's, he's due. He's been due for so long. It's not like he isn't doing well. It's just... No, it, no he is playing well. He is playing well. Really. It's just the thing with him is, I feel like a lot of people don't realize this, is that he's played more hockey games and he's done more oh, to do with yeah, hockey over yeah, this past yeah. year and a half than almost anyone else in the world. I mean, you're going from someone who's playing with Turku to playing in the World Championship to training all summer to getting picked in Vancouver to starting out in New York, making the team out of training camp and playing almost every single game this season. Also the I diversity mean, tournament. Exactly. I mean, it just builds and builds and builds everything this kid has had to do over this past year. And you just forget how young he is, that he's only 19 years old now. Mm -hmm. So there's a building up experience points until like he's able to rest and then cash him in. Precisely. Build on everything. And be a pro character is going to shoot up like 20 points. And next year, hopefully you're looking at like an Andre Svechnikov like second year for him. Hopefully something better, you know, if I'm being honest. But, you know, you want Kako to have a big second year and, you know, as much as we would have liked to see him fully explode this year, it's a lot to ask an 18-year-old who's played so much hockey. But this brings us to the discussion of that this team needs some depth here. Because you can't have Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin scoring every single goal. It's just not going to work that way every single night as we saw against the New Jersey Devils. So I put up a poll on the radio account this week. And I asked our listeners if uh, you could have one of these two centers on the Rangers roster next year. So 2020-2021. Who would you rather have? And the two choices were Ryan Eugene Hopkins and Logan Couture. And to give some background on why I asked it specifically is because, well, the Rangers signed Chris Kreider to this extension before the deadline. They opt not to trade him. You know, you have guys like Artemi Panarin and Jacob Trouba on long-term deals, and you have Mika Zibanejad still in his prime on a really, really nice contract for the next two seasons. So, do you want to try and maximize what you have now and hope for some nice growth out of your young kids next year? And acquire someone, uh, a center of that caliber of Logan Couture, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. 
So I think it's something that definitely merits discussion. And in that poll, Ryan Nugent Hopkins won with 57% over 43% from Logan Couture. So, Kevin, we'll start with you. This is kind of a big one, so take your time here with this. Okay, I will um, take my time. Thank you. So <laughs> No, wait. No, Russell told me to take my time, so let me take my time. Take your time. Oh, no. So, in terms of next season, do you think it is time for them to start worrying about maximizing on what they have now, with, with how good some people's contracts are, with how they have a bunch of young kids that get used to plug holes, and acquire some like someone like Ryan Nugent Hopkins or Logan Couture? Or do you think it's still all about the slow game, even with the guys on the long-term deals now? Uh, well, they would have to trade for them, obviously. But I think the the best thing they could do is just kind of feel out the market, especially at the draft. The Sharks are in cap hell right now. Yeah. Um, they The fall from grace is just... So so sad, and like you know, I'm one of my they're one of my more favorite teams, so it kind of sucks even more for me to see them kind of do bad. So part of me wants them to you know trade for Logan Gator only because he's just so good, and you know the Rangers have a lot of things that they need. They have a goaltender, they have two first round picks they can give up, they have a plethora of defensive prospects and some good wingers that they can throw in the mix for a potential trade. It's just do the Rangers want to spend that much cap on? Logan Couture, who just signed a contract pretty recently, or they can go the Ryan Nugent Hopkins route, where he's only due for two more years and then feel out the market afterwards. I personally kind of like Ryan Nugent Hopkins just a little bit more, only because, you know, he's proven himself on a pretty bad team. Logan Couture is a little more injured, and I think they can actually get a better deal for Ryan Nugent Hopkins instead of giving up so much for Logan Couture, unless, like, Jeff Gordon bends him over backwards like, look, you're you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I honestly see him going Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I just kind of like the way he plays more. You know, he's had some chemistry with Ryan Strome before, so maybe they could reignite it. It's just, may, I, I don't know, it's it's a toss-up, but I, I would prefer Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I think cool. it fits the Rangers' play style more, Nugent Hopkins, so to speak, like you said. And also, the thing with Couture is, you know, he's been in the league for some time now. He's not old, but he's not young either. But you, you pretty much hit the point where he's battled some injury issues, and he's basically got a lot of mileage on him. And we know what that can do to a player, considering the Rangers have had arguably some of the most beaten-up players in all of the NHL with, like, Callahan and Girardi and McDonough. So at the end of the day, as much as Couture may have a skill advantage on... Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, because let's be real, Logan Couture is just absolutely filthy down the middle. Yeah. He is filthy. If He's also he, four more years older than four, him yeah. in his prime. So, I mean, ultimately, at the, yeah. yeah, no, agreed. Ultimately, yeah. at the end of the day, though, I think, I don't want to say it's a safer option because that's kind of a disrespect to Nugent Hopkins, but I think in terms of his play style, his speed, you know. Well, he, in he, terms of cap and yeah. just term, Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot safer. Like, do you want Logan Gator till he's, you know, thirty six? Well, this is under the assumption you they don't eat any cap. Yeah, this is eight million dollars. And the one thing that I would say to be devil's advocate to this argument is the Ottawa Senators thought they were ahead of the curve when they acquired Matthew Shane the year after they made the Eastern Conference Final. Ha! Now, look how that backfired <laughs> on them and led them into this rebuild that they're in right now. So, I mean, you can look at it both ways. Do the 
do the Rangers want to just stay the course, which I ultimately think they will do. Um, John Davidson has been preaching since he's been hired here about how, you know, you need to have patience. You need to work through this slowly. And while the center ice is still the weakest position that the Rangers have behind, you know, Mika Zibanejad is certainly a number one center. Um, Ryan Strom, I don't know on a Stanley Cup contending team if you want Ryan Strom as your number two. I think you prefer him as your number three. So I think that the Rangers will probably hope that someone like Philip Heedle can take that number two spot behind Zibanejad as time goes on. But I just don't know. I think it's an interesting discussion, but I don't know if they would actually pay enough of the assets required to get either one of these guys. Or here's an interesting idea, too. You put Ryan Strom on wing because the Rangers are a little bit lacking on the wing side in some aspects. And then you put Nugent Hopkins between the middle of Strom and Panarin. See how that works out for you. That's that, a, that's, uh, see, I was going to suggest the same thing, not necessarily that line combination, but <clears throat> Ryan Strom has proven himself as a wing and a center to a certain oh, yeah, extent of both. Of but I only like Ryan Nugent Hopkins more only because the Rangers might see themselves in some sort of cap situation in the next few years mm-hmm. now you have you would have because of Banajad in i think three years and you know obviously kako hedel you know all these guys fox are going to need new contracts in the next coming years do you want eight million dollars for the next six years on your yeah, conscience a with a with an aging centerman like logan Couture? now i'm not saying logan Couture is bad logan Couture is the captain of the, nope. the sharks he's great he's an all-star so i i would like him two years ago I would yeah. like him if he had two more years in his contract, mm-hmm. but I don't want him in the situation where we just signed someone for essentially the same length and, a, you know, a little bit more at the cap. Is there another center out there do you, that you, that that's not Reiner Hopkins or Logan Couture? Do you think that would be an interesting guy to acquire for the Rangers, whether young, old, maybe a guy that helps bridge the gap a little bit till Hedl really comes into his own? I feel like you have someone in mind, so I kind of want you to say <laughs> yeah. That's why you asked. Like, I know, right? I know when Russ wants to say something. Go for it. I mean, it's it's tough to say. I mean, with the kind of prospects they have, especially with a guy like Carl Henriksen, who's really been tearing it up, I'd prefer they go the slow route here. Um, in terms of young centers, though, I mean, something interesting I saw on Twitter the other day was, do you swap um, prospects who people think need a change of scenery and do you take Leah Sanderson and do you swap him for someone from the Buffalo Sabres? I knew you were going to say it. I, just knew um, it. I knew he was going to say this. <laughs> well, I, I don't think Casey Middlestat wouldn't be such a bad pickup, actually. I think that wouldn't be so bad because if you look at the if you look at the 2020 uh, free agents uh, right now, the first one is obviously Ryan Nugent Hopkins. The next one is Mikhail Granlund. Then you have Miko Koivu, Alex Galchenyuk, Martin Hansel. Carl Soderberg, Craig Smith, and obviously our friend Vladislav Nemesnikov. You go further down this list and you find another friend of ours who has always been linked to the Rangers but never really became a Ranger is Joe Thornton. So to add to Russ's point, I think if they could find some way to swindle Buffalo, Casey Middlestat, or I'll even take this a little bit further, Jack Eichel to oh, fill that, that second was, spot. I, I knew it was one of those two. Well, as much it, as it wouldn't be a bad deal. Jack Eichel. It's, it's going to come down to the fact that he is just so unhappy there yeah. where he would have to demand it. This Buffalo is, unless they get a king's ransom, and yeah. I mean kings, like emperor's ransom from the Rangers, Jack Eichel's not going anywhere. And as much as I would love to see Jack Eichel in a Rangers uniform, 
10 million dollars also doesn't look too great well think about uh, it think about it for a second i mean that's a really good deal that's a really good deal for someone, like, deal for someone but, like that but think yeah. about I'm it not, though well i'm not saying i'm not saying i wouldn't jump at the opportunity myself it's just you do have to look further down on the line and i'll use the same argument for logan tour obviously completely two different players in terms yes. of age and and skill just i i just don't see a team taking on that contract and and giving up so much but here's the, the sabers are going to want a lot I, I just looked really quickly they have almost their entire forward core as free agents next year oh Bes- besides johansson Akposo, skinner and eichel everybody else is a free agent yikes well, so, yeah, well let me let's giving them nhl ready prospects and lower level prospects they're not gonna just say yes to their best player. Well, yeah, and if they did trade me... Jack Eichel, that signals that they're entering yet another rebuild. And I don't think Buffalo don't... fans would be too well, happy about well, that. Let me, let me ask you this, though. That point. Just real quick, let me just ask you this before we move on to the next topic. It, it, at what point it, it, does the front office go and they say, all right, we have built a decent enough team that could sustain itself for the next couple of years. So you're looking for the next big leap. And teams that usually like to make the next big leap into the playoffs make big trades, a la the Eric Lindros trade, as a reference back in 92, 93, around then. So if you think about it, is it unrealistic to think that if the Rangers feel that they can make a strong push now, that they can find a way to give the Sabres some kind of king's ransom? Because again, the Rangers have a plethora of prospects that could potentially fill up a buffalo team so realistically speaking if you think that you're set and you want to win now it's not really that unrealistic and frankly i don't think the package won't be as crazy as you think because the rangers and jack eichel would essentially have leverage it's not out of the question. No, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. And you can always throw a goalie in there. I mean, their goalie situation is uh, of course. Well, I I disagree because one of the best goalie prospects in the world is a Buffalo Sabres prospect, and his name ready. This is one of my favorite names in all of hockey too. Uka <laughs> Pekka Luokinen is a Buffalo Sabres prospect, and he is a goaltender, and he's very very good. He's been highly rated for a while now, so I think their goaltending will even itself out. Now. For someone like Jack Eichel, I mean, look, you're talking about a guy who was picked right behind Connor McDavid in a draft, a guy who's really, truly breaking out this year. Oh, man, it's going to – I just feel like the price. I, I, I don't know. I, I Two firsts, maybe someone like Kravtsov going the other way. I mean, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. I feel like it would be a lot for them, and I don't know if they'd want to pay that much, if I'm being honest right now. I could see it as a possibility. I, that's, just, that's just me, though. I'm just yeah. a blogger on the internet. Yeah, we're just we're just three guys talking about unrealistic <laughs> trade scenarios. That's fine. Oh well. You know what's well, not unrealistic? The fact that Igor is back. Thank God, and right? Unfortunately, oh. he had a very rusty game. Oh, now yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna start it off because I rather just kind of get this out of the way. All right. I think that was a bad idea to bring him back so fast. Yeah. I you're you're dealing with an injury. You are a goaltender. You get hit with the puck for a living. You are getting hit with the puck in your main area where you stop pucks. Your center of your body, your torso, your rib cage is there. Why would you bring him back so fast? 
Well, I feel like you have I get to look that, at... I get that you want to find the spark. I really do. But this is a guy who's going to carry no, your franchise. I'm not, I'm not even saying the spark. I'm saying that the Rangers have a pretty good training staff. And Jim Ramsey's been there for a really long time. And I doubt that they would have put Igor in if they really had concerns, especially with all the things that John Davidson and Jeff Gordon have been saying about preparing this team to be a contender for a long time. I doubt you put someone like Igor Shosturkin in if they're really not sure. I think a lot of that can just be attributed to rust, and it's okay to be that after no, you have played two weeks. I mean, look what he was doing beforehand, right? Everyone, everyone is like literally shocked when the guy even lets in one goal and gets a loss. Like It's just unfathomable to think about because of how good he's been. But... I, number one, I don't think they would jeopardize the future and with all the things they've been saying to us. And number two, I'm sure they have complete faith in the guy. And even David Quinn said that he had rust on him. Yeah, it gives him the benefit of the doubt. And I understand like any game he would have came back in, he would have had a little bit of rust. It's just, if you want to be a winning team right now, and I get that Georgiev and Lundqvist really aren't towing the line as much as they should be when Igor was out. You really have to give the kid like kind of like a shorter leash coming back, and I, I I get he looked a little bit better when he started to get used to things, but just that's not it's not an excuse for just poor play. Well, and to, to I, be, I just I just think it was a very rash decision. I think they still think they're in the playoff hunt, which which they are. It's just to try to win against a team like the Devils. I think they could have done it with Georgiev. I think Dallas. This coming game, or I guess this past. Also, game, let me say this better. to that point, and then I'll give it to Jail because I know he wants to say something. Itching, I really, literally, itching. I I really wouldn't want Chester going to get the rust out on a team like Dallas. I'd rather him get no. the rust out on a team like New Jersey because Dallas is is very good, and you know that game is going to be very tough. And I, it's in Dallas tomorrow, it's right? It's in Dallas, yes. Yeah, in you, Dallas. You don't want Igor starting on the road his first game back after all this in Dallas, who has been extremely good recently. Yeah, no, I... Well, he's starting anyway, so I mean... Yeah, he's starting anyways, but the... the <laughs> while I'm not... While I wasn't a big fan of him coming back quickly, like Russell said, I think the Rangers training and, and staff... Kevin. Is, and Kevin. And Kevin, yes. Um, that, the <laughs> well, that's why I went first, so it's my point. <laughs> um, the Rangers training staff is phenomenal, and like he said, they wouldn't have brought him back if they didn't really know. To, to defend Igor, he got comfortable... I mean, I was there, so I was able to see it a little bit better. Um, to be fair, they really did. Kevin, I know you're going to say something. Were you <laughs> able to say? Where were you sitting? Like, I was sitting in, in relation to where Igor. I was. So you in, saw the close-ups, like you know, two twenty plays, two twenty-five. I saw the way he the moved, goals against. the way he was yeah. on the puck, off the puck. But um, John Luke Shapiro, aka Ben Waller. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they don't call me the goalie whisperer for nothing. Uh, I mean, I don't call you that. <laughs> Nobody calls me that. No, but uh, you know, just from my view, I you could just see he was his timing was off, and everybody knows that timing is critical for goaltenders. I I do agree that this was a decent game to start him with. Um, it, it's just it was just. The, 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 the Igor's defense, they didn't play well in front of him. Like, the Rangers had that burst in the first period, and they were all over the de Devils defense and taking advantage. And Mika Sabanachad and, yeah, goals and all that fun stuff. And then it just seems like they'd let him hang out to dry for the second in, the second period. And then Lundqvist came in Classic uh, Rangers. For, the, for, the <laughs> for the third period. Um, if... 
they just if they had played a little bit better in front of him, it might not have been so bad because you could see he was getting the groove of it. But hopefully, when he plays uh, against Dallas this Tuesday, or rather tomorrow, that this podcast will be released after the fact. Um, hopefully, he'll be back in the groove, and the Rangers will be able to steal a couple of points from the Stars. So I don't know. You just it's it's kind of a tough thing to analyze, but I, I think uh, I, I'm I'm kind of in the middle of both points to be honest. Yeah, I mean, he's their number one goaltender. He's going to be the number one goaltender going forward here, and for quite some time he will be now. And, you know, it's a big week. You know, you have Dallas, you have Colorado, and you have uh, Arizona all of this week. So, I mean, you're on a tough road trip. You're going out west, and, you know, you hope that this team kind of bonds a little more. They've been such so together this year. You know, you can see how much they enjoy winning for one another and for their coach. So, you know, you hope that this little kind of – trip away from Madison Square Garden goes well and that they can win hopefully two or three uh, at the very least to get back into this playoff race. Speaking and, of, uh, Coach, before we move on to this next segment, how do you guys, how would you guys rate David Quinn's coaching? And I know a lot of people, you know, interesting second question. year he was like, oh, you know, the team should be better, this and that. It's like you're also on a rebuilding team. Do you think he's exceeded expectations? Because personally... I think the I don't think the Rangers would have been in this position, obviously without Panarin. But you know he's he has to have something to do with it too. You can't just have a team do this well, exceed expectations, and you know not attribute to the coach. For sure. Um, okay, David Quinn has uh, is not a perfect coach, but that doesn't mean he's a bad coach. I think David Quinn has actually done a pretty good job since he's been in New York. Um, I think that the people that are calling for his head and really, really don't like him and crap on everything he says, you know, they really need to kind of watch the games more and analyze what he's doing. Um, David Quinn's not afraid to make adjustments. Um, he rides the hot hand and you, you know, you, I think I like coaches that do that and don't try to force things. Um, I think David Quinn has done a good job of rallying this group of young kids and this, you know, the mix of veterans and young kids together to kind of fight for this cause of, you know, they want to make the playoffs. They don't want to lie down anymore. And, you know, you can really tell how much they enjoy playing for one another, like I mentioned before. So I think David Quinn has done a, you know, a really good job managing these expectations, um, bringing young kids into the fold when he can, and kind of being this developmental coach that the team needs right now. Now, there's been some things I wish he's handled a little better. Um, you know, David Quinn always preaches accountability in his systems. He always preaches accountability in his roster. Um, I think some people get too much leash in that, and some people don't get enough leash. Well, well, kind of, sorry to cut you off, but... No, no, it's totally okay. Something I saw, which kind of, like, attributes to you say, you know, some people get too much leash. You know, it looks like he's, and I know who you're talking about, it's Capo Caco and Brett Howden. Not just those two. No, 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 but I I know who you're talking about. He's, but... Some people have said that, like, you know, he's trying to develop all-around game for the guys he knows are going to be here long term. Right, right. Where, if you look at Artemi Panarin, he plays a 200-foot game. He plays defensively. He gets back. He hustles. And I'm not saying other superstars don't. It's just he is more complete that way. Right. Now, you want Capococco to do that, too. That's why he plays fourth-line minutes. That's why he plays third-line minutes. But he's also held accountable because they know he could be better than what he's doing now. Right. Again, you could say the schedule and this and that. It's just, I think Quinn's done a good job. I think the fact that he's sniffing playoffs now is better. And if they make the playoffs, great. If they don't, that's okay. I think next year is the true test to see where this team actually is. Sure. Now, JL. Yes. <laughs> don't, you, don't you have something for us? I, I, it, oh, are we, can I not say my point about Quinn? 
I would love absolutely. To. I, I, yeah. mean, I mean, I <laughs> mean that. That's what I was getting at. Okay, because I, 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 you know, I, I, I have my own... and I want to step over you. Well, too. so just to address some of the criticisms first, um, there are some things that I do kind of shake my head a little bit with, um, but overall, the things that he's done with this club, we weren't they weren't expected to be a contender. I think is is nothing short of awesome, and I think I know it's a very general word, but if you think about it, like Kevin said. He wants to. He came. He's he's come here to be a developmental coach, and like Kevin said, he's holding certain players accountable. Now, sometimes, even though he did admit that he does give Brett Howden a little bit more of a leash, he Brett Howden has been held accountable in many instances this season because he has been demoted to the fourth line, um, and as pretty much as has everyone else for the most part. That's not Mika uh, or Panarin, basically. Um, so. Putting Kako on a fourth line, trying to round out his game. Leaving Di Giuseppe up with Buch and Zabanajad seems to be working out so far. It's because they're playing well together. And like you said, Di Giuseppe's not going to be here another five years. So I think he holds players accountable similar to their play styles or how their uh, skill set relates to the team. And now we're beginning to see the fruits of that because now they're starting to play together as a unit. They're playing a lot better defensively. Give credit to Lindy Ruff too, David Brown, Greg Williams. I think Greg Williams is still here. I don't think so. But uh, all the excuse me if that's a mess up or not. But to all of the Rangers coaching staff, they're all starting to play together well together. Receive the message, and even though. A lot of the games they're losing are because it's just not enough from the players themselves. It's not because of lack of effort for the most part, because there are some games where they no, just No, I, I, I agree with that 100%. And that falls on the coaching gotten, staff. He's really been good at getting that effort no matter what lineup he has out there. I mean, there hasn't been a game this season where the Rangers haven't shown effort, except with the exception of that game against the New Jersey Devils, which they just need to forget about and never play that way ever again. Ever um, again. But point being, yes, I think the consensus between the three of us here is that David Quinn has done a pretty good job as head coach of the New York Rangers. Not um, like you said, though, not perfect. Not perfect. Not perfect. Not perfect. Could some guys have gotten more of a chance early in the year? Yes. Could certain things have gone a little differently? Yes. But like JL said, you know, Kako's been putting a fourth line right out of his game. DJ Zeppi's not going to be here soon. He's letting he's letting guys work in different areas of the lineup to work on those different skill sets that they need. So yes. I think by the end of the year, Kapokaka will be in the top six. I just think that's what's... I think as we make it to the playoffs, or as we try to make the playoffs, David Quinn is going to want as much firepower in the top as he can, and I think that will eventually get what we all want, but we shall see. Some NYR news that broke just today, boys. Did you hear about this? Frank Saravelli of TSN reports that the Rangers are closing in on signing undrafted free agent signee Patrick Kodorenko of Michigan State. Um, there was no shortage of interest, according to Saravelli. Uh, Kodorenko is 21, and he scored consistently at NCAA level for the Spartans. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, Kodorenko played on some powerhouse USN TDP teams a few years ago. Um, he's kind of a PPG player in college, which, you know, I don't know why someone like that gets drafted. I mean, someone like that doesn't get drafted, I meant to say. He led his team uh, in scoring by 11 points. Uh, he had 33 points in 36 games. Um, he's 6 feet, 201 pounds. 
Uh, you know, boys, center ice seems to be the weakest position in the Rangers pipeline. Uh, before we got, before I get into more of what analysts are saying about him, what are your initial impressions of uh, this signing? Jail, we'll start with you. I, I, hmm. I had to do some research um, once this once this news broke out. Um, it seems like he's a depth player, so to speak. Um, I think what they're trying to do is either look for players who can maybe provide bottom six depth scoring, because it seems like that's what he can do well in college, um, or maybe some kind of depth role in the AHL. You can't ever really go wrong um, with you know having depth on your team, basically. Uh, he is six foot, 206 pounds, so he already has the size to be able to play in the NHL. Um, his skating, from what I was looking at, it's not the greatest, but it seems like he can get those bursts of speed when he needs to. Um, it seems like he's gotten better with this stick, and, and he could probably be a guy that could sit in front of the net, basically, and just kind of like, you know, be a, a big body and all that. Uh, he, he just kind of... Really, it's a depth move. It's basically kind of like a better-skilled Brian Boyle, so to speak, and that's not an insult to any means whatsoever, similar to what I think of Morgan Barron. I, I, maybe he can be a grit guy on a wing and and maybe log in some bottom six minutes for a replacement or whatever, but I, you, know, you, you can get as many people as you can, and I think this is a decent signing for the Rangers. I mean, I, I mean why not sign him? I mean, like Russell said in the beginning, just... They need depth at center. That's why we were even talking about the fact that the Rangers needed a second-line center behind Mika Zibanejad. You know, almost a point per game. It's just, it's outstanding that, you know, he wasn't picked late in the 2018 draft, but, you know, a lot of good players aren't drafted. So, looking at this, I, I do agree, you know, bottom six kind of guy needs to prove it. I think this, if, if this is, you know, true, which most likely is, you know, he, he could Make some noise. Why not? He's a little bit on the smaller side, but who are we to judge guys on, you know, size? And, you know, as long as they bring it, as long as they score at the NHL level, I don't see why it's an issue. It's just... Exactly. And depth, size hasn't just been... depth. We need the depth so bad. Size is not really much of an issue as it's been in the past. I mean, you have guys like Johnny Gaudreau, Brad Marchand, uh, our very own Marty St. Louis a few years ago. You know, these guys are small, but it doesn't matter. Their skill shines through. And some interesting facts about Kodorenko, just to give you guys more of a perspective on this kid. Uh, nine of his 17 assists were primary assists. 23 of his 33 points were at even strength. So you see that he doesn't need to feed off the power play a lot. He, he can score at even strength. And this is probably the most incredible thing. 41% of Michigan State's total offense went through Patrick Kodorenko this year. 41% he had a hand in while he was playing for Michigan State. That's pretty amazing, no matter what program you're a part of, to have to have almost half of the team's entire offense for the season run through you. Oh, I mean, if you want to if you want to compare, it's like with Kratzov when he was, uh, yeah. you know, Tractor. playing in the KHL. So, you know, you could compare that with, I know, obviously, the AHL, I mean, not the AHL, sorry, the NCAA, uh, you know, it's a slightly different. You see a lot younger guys. You know, you're not playing with, you know, men to a certain extent. Just he could make some waves. I, I, I've seen some clips doing my initial research. He got some good hands. It's just, it's a matter of, you know, being able to put it all together. And I don't know. I, I kind of like the idea of just giving younger guys a shot over trading for a NHL ready to, you know, centerman only because it's like, why waste assets when you're not a hundred percent sure if this team's ready to compete? 
they look like they are. It's just we got to see if it all comes together next year. Right. And this is primarily going to be a death piece. And I don't think any of us think that he can be much more than that. But if he does, great. We've seen college free agents really do well in the NHL before. And uh, Steve Cornianos, the draft analyst who is now a contributor for Forever Blue Shirts, had this to say about Kodorenko. Um, he's great on draws and has above average speed for a power forward that likes to play physical. He's a very good project pick, but his physical maturity and puck skills should make his NHL path shorter. A graduate of the NTDP, he was once considered a possible first rounder. So, I mean, these are the kinds of players you take chances on when your cap crunch is coming and when you're trying to figure out who's really going to stick around for that cup contention phase. Now, Jesper Foss is probably not going to be here too much longer. Um, you know, you have guys like Bunievis, who knows if he's going to stick. So these are the kinds of guys you hope fill these kinds of roles and fill them effectively for a cheap price while they're in this period of contention. And the last bit of news that came out today as well, as some of you know, Wisconsin's season ended in the Big Ten. And Keandre Miller is now uh, free to make a decision that he's been eagerly awaiting. Uh, he can choose to come over and sign with the Hartford Wolfpack, uh, probably on a tryout agreement so as not to burn anything on his entry-level deal. Or he can choose to stay in school. Kevin, for our last bit of news of the day, we'll start with you here. Do you think Keandre Miller should stay at Wisconsin, or do you think he should turn pro? Uh, well, it's more like semi-pro at this point because, you know, it's just a tryout. But why not? It's just... Thank, thank you. <laughs> I mean, do you want to add that sound in, like, during it? Because that'd be great. No, just use my <laughs> mouth. Thank you very much. Oh, gross. Feel the spit from here. Um, <laughs> I think especially with uh, the way the well, the Wolfpack's kind of spiraling right now, based off of Ricky and uh, Greg's tweets, um, the Rangers need more defense, or at least the Wolfpack need more defense. And, you know, why not? It gets them some higher level experience he's playing with men they're not just kids and you know he could you know get better looks while he's playing for Hartford than just finishing the semester off now obviously grades and finishing school is important to a lot of people but if he's getting the opportunity to play with like some guys who have NHL experience he can get more information just asking them directly what is it like doing this how do you feel when you're up with a big club um you know what's some tricks of the trade you know how should I defend this guy this and that and I think he'll help his overall game and then possibly come, you know, development next summer. We'll see him possibly make camp. Possibly. possibly Not definitely. Yes. He'll no, definitely. No assumptions. He'll definitely be there to, to fight for a spot like with Nils, too. But in terms of Miller, I think uh, basically he, he has a, he, he's pretty raw right now but he still has a chance to work on his game in Hartford, and I think maybe the jump to the pros might actually benefit him. Sometimes uh, a jump to a higher level, even though you may not be totally prepared, might actually work out. I mean, we saw it work with Libor Hayek when he came up, so, I mean, why not? I mean, hopefully he'll be able to come over to Hartford and, and make an impact, and maybe he might actually get better in his game. But it'd be interesting to see what would happen in the next couple of days when it comes to him signing a possible amateur tryout. I, I think it'd be great. I think it'd be great also. And imagine imagine the Rangers make the playoffs and that kid got a taste of playoff action in his first year. I think that would be something really special. I don't know if that would happen. And it would be a lot to ask someone who just came out of college to play big playoff minutes if the Rangers got there. But I think that would be something special for the kid. And I think if he proves himself down in Hartford and, you know, they need someone if they get there, I think, you know, that would be great to see. But, uh, you know, 
Uh, Miller is definitely the more raw of the two of him and Lundquist. Um, but I would love to see him over here as soon as possible, getting those minutes with Hartford because you know he's going to play top pair. Um, Eventually. I, th- I think he. I think it would only benefit him moving forward here. Absolutely. Um, he's just. He's such a good player. He's so physical. He has the hands. He just has to kind of just put it all together. And you're talking about, like we've been saying for two years now, one of the biggest steals of the 2018 draft. Agreed. So with that... As we know. As we know. We are powered by... Sorry, I beat you both to it. You but, saw uh, me come in to say... You know that we're powered by foreverblueshirts.com. Oh, wait, did I mention we were powered by foreverblueshirts.com? And that oh. makes six. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kevin kept counting. Hey, Thank you for joining us this week at JL. Take us out. Again, we're powered by foreverblueshirts.com. And let's go, Rangers! You've been listening to 4B Radio, powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. with personality. That's the idea that launched London's business newspaper City AM 15 years ago and it's the same idea that inspired our new daily podcast The City View where you'll find me, City AM editor Christian May, interviewing the most well-known, influential and colourful figures from business, politics and finance. The City View from City AM with a new episode every morning. It's the perfect start to your working day. Hey everyone, this is Sharon Waxman. I'm the founder and the editor-in-chief of The Wrap, the premier news source for daily coverage of the entertainment industry. I'm also your host of this new podcast, The Wrap Up, a show that gives you an insider's look at the top stories in Hollywood. Each week, we'll bring you the latest news on the business of movies, TV, streaming, and tech. So be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you each week on The Wrap Up. And let's go, Raider Nation. It's me, Evan Grote, host of Just Pod Baby. Join me as I bring you the latest news on your Las Vegas Raiders. On Just Pod Baby, I will give you my thoughts on all things silver and black. And of course, you can expect to receive the best information from top-notch guests. Be sure to listen to Just Pod Baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast, part of the Silver and Black Today Media Group.